0: Oh boy, uh, we're gonna get kind of spicy today, like super leftist spicy, or maybe not, because it seems like everyone hates this. Leftists, liberals, conservatives, all hate it. Economists hate it, political scientists hate it, capitalists hate it, your doctor will hate it. With this one simple trick, you two can last longer than five minutes, this very alluring capitussi. What am I talking about? Corporate welfare. But, I mean, why does everyone hate this? Is there anyone who likes it? Or, rather, is there anyone who likes this that either isn't stupid or ultra-rich? This time, on Why are You Talking About This. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Why are You Talking About This? I'm your host, William, and I'll be your host through this hate-filled, probably-going-to-land-me-on-a-watch-list-somewhere episode of Waytat as we talk all about the bullshit of corporations. But before we get into it, I just want to thank you for listening to the show. It means the world to me to have my show pumping to your ears or whatever orifice is the least and or most comfortable and or sexual. But anyways, make sure to like, share, download, and whatever else it is you can do with the show, and follow me on Twitter. Uh, Also go check out the YouTube channel that I have been maybe accidentally perhaps neglecting a bit, because, holy shit, my brain cannot focus for some reason. Uh, I know the reason, it's... Neurodivergence uh also support the show in any way you can including uh whispering the entire script of an episode into strangers' ears while sitting behind them on the public bus and giving them a shoulder rub but don't don't do that one that's fucking weird uh, but still appreciate that like you'd be willing to regardless uh, but with that let's get right into the show okay, so let's talk about corporate welfare. Uh, also called subsidies or handouts. But before we start talking about why two out of three of those are loaded terms, we should talk about what these actually are. So corporate welfare is basically just the government granting a corporation or a company particular benefits and support to keep them in business. And most broadly, this would include things like tax breaks, grants, debt relief, and other favorable treatment. And the system is intended to lower the effective cost of running a business or increase the revenue stream in relation to other businesses. I mean, simple, right? And it would be hard to see something wrong with that, right? Well, you're wrong. Because this is cronyism. No mistakes, no if ands, buts, or nuts about it. And, I mean, why is that? Well, because think about it like this. What exactly does a subsidy include? Does it mean that you give a company $2.5 million to convert themselves to solar power? Yes. Does that mean you give them $2.5 million because the CEO and you went to the same college and it's hush money for him to not ruin your political career with frat stories? Yes. I mean, of course, you'd use the same reason for both of them, but in the second case, it's not really something you're going to track down if that company doesn't start using solar panels anytime soon. Now, this can also be used for a specific class or group of businesses. Like if you were to bail out businesses you have investment in. Or you do a banking bailout. And I say that one specifically because that's exactly what happened in 2008, but we'll get to that later. But okay. So if cronyism... But okay, so if it's cronyism, but there are times when the government gives out money for not corrupt reasons because it's, you know, the government in a capitalist system. You kind of have to give out money to not make the country explode how do you tell the difference? Well, luckily for you, there's just two questions to ask. So firstly, does the policy apply to all businesses or just a select number? If yes, it's fine and it's just capitalism doing a whoopsie and forgetting to press the money machine so Daddy Sam has to step in. If no, then ask the second question. Does the policy put the business on the same level as other businesses or industries? the answer is no, then it's probably corporate welfare. If it's yes, then it's probably some weird, like, catch-up program. And still something to keep an eye on, but it could also be, like, a loan program for small businesses or grant money for mom-and-pop shops to not get bent over the counter by Walmart. That being said, usually when this happens, it's some form of corruption. So, now we need to ask who benefits, and, uh... After I read these out, it's probably not going to be a surprise. So, fossil fuel conglomerates, agricultural conglomerates, pharmaceutical companies, tech conglomerates, and defense contractors are all, like, the the big honchos that benefit the most from this. And, uh, well, you know, it's the usual suspects for why the United States is such a piece of shit. You know, almost, like, giving them a blank check is a bad idea. And, sure, I know what you might be thinking. These are vital industries, so it would be important to keep them afloat. But here's the thing, these industries make the most money out of any other industry before subsidies. Seriously, basically the rest of the American economy could collapse before they even really notice. If you're still dick-writing for cronyism, I mean, stop, he's not going to fuck you, stop being a pick-me-girl. You might be asking me, hey William, what's so bad about this? I mean, come on, I have a whole list of why this is actually good. And to that I say, shut the fuck up before I get the smothering pillow again. I will use it, and this time, I made sure not to jizz on it so you wouldn't enjoy it, you sick, nasty fucking pervert. Also, don't mind the anime girl pillowcase, you don't need to know who that is. But sure, you're right, I should talk about the good and the bad. And I'll start with the bad, because I am, at heart, a leftist fucking pig. So first of all, you pay for it. Corporate subsidies are a part of taxes. And related to that, many corporations also receive technically subsidies because a lot of them don't pay their workers fairly, forcing them to live in poverty and rely on public assistance on the government's dime, i.e. your dime, and then will corner the job market to force people to work for them and make hand over fists, squeezing every ounce of life and money out of them, like your half-vampire, half-succubus, first OC, do-not-steal-for-JO material waifu. So, corporations are double-dipping because you're paying the subsidies and also paying public assistance. Which, hey, that's pretty bad. So, I mean, what else is bad? Well, corporate welfare is also incredibly unfair. In this case, not because the even concept of a free market is both unfair and impossible, but because it gives corporations even more money to choke out local businesses and small businesses, but also usually go to only the richest of them giving them more and more power with basically no risk. And a good example of this being unfair is actually the farm subsidies, which makes up somewhere between 13 billion and 33 billion dollars annually. And does this get evenly distributed? Nope, it goes to the largest farms whose incomes are 84 grand a year and up. And for context, most farms make less than 50k a year and the average American household makes 75k a year. I don't know if you heard my phone there. I almost said phone shut up and then I realized that my mic is like very directional. And uh, a lot of the times when I say that, none of you fucking hear hear it. (laughs) And I just come off sounding more schizophrenic than I am. Uh, Anyways, um, sugar subsidies are another good example. Where the government forcefully drives the price of sugar up from external sources by using import barriers and quotas to spike domestic sugar prices this only benefits sugar corporations. Or economic development grants, which, surprise, surprise, much like rich people, don't actually help anything or do anything. Because like rich people, they just send their money up the ladder and shit on everyone else's heads. And these grants are to specific businesses, so again, uber unfair. Also, this entire process distorts the economy. Basically, we would give specific corporations more money to "quote unquote" keep them alive. We aren't letting them die or get strong by themselves, while also removing a risk in fear of failure. So we're putting the economy on both crutches and life support, and then telling it that it's immortal. So if we're really sold on this whole market economy thing, then doing this weakens the ebb and flow because when the economy ebbs, these companies are chewing through money. And when the market flows, they take up so much of the market that no one else can get in there and increase the money cap. And because these companies are getting money from the government, they eventually stop worrying about making money at all, since Father Samuel will give them some for a booty call. Which, hey, if you have a company that doesn't sell anything except the fact that it exists, what do we call that? That's right, kids, I'm proud of you. The first group that gets guillotined. Also a scam. And because of their lack of fear for failure, and their lack of fear for us, they'll also use increasingly more of Daddy's dimes, because he keeps giving them more and more money, and also, if you provide subsidies to corporations but not everyone, they make the economy much less diverse, because these corporations can then use their massive, useless fucking man titties to crush them to death. Which, with just those alone, you should probably be realizing that, oh holy fuck, this is bad news bears. But also keep in mind that this is 100% government corruption, stops people from starting their own businesses, and can also crash the economy when one of these corporations does something unimaginably stupid, like investing all their money into a rug pull cryptocurrency, or into artificially inflating real estate costs, only to have the market crash as no one can afford it. And only the second one has happened, but it's still too early to tell. Then you get something that motherfucks everyone but the corporations for no goddamn reason. Okay, okay, but enough of me being a filthy leftist for now. Let's talk about the good. And now, this is something agreed upon by basically every economist, business mogul, capitalist, politician, uh, political scientist, investigative journalist, and and commenter I can find for, like, what is good about this. Nothing. Literally. There's literally nothing good about this. Let's talk about what people say is good about this. Also, if you are doubting all of those kinds of people, it is literally people who have been trained to study this, people who have been trained to study the fucking effects of this, people who study corporate and government corruption, and also some of your own fucking dudes. What the fuck? I... If you are like, oh, I don't believe them, I think this is good, I don't fucking understand you. Anyways, let's talk about some stuff that you might be saying. Uh, so, firstly, is an increase in economic action, investment, and an increased number of jobs? And uh, yeah, just straight up no. I mean, in most cases it actually reduces the number of jobs. Like the one time the Washington State gave Boeing $8.7 billion to grow its numbers of employees in the state in 2013, and in response they laid off 12,000 workers by 2014. Or how there's a ton of data that supports the idea that, in reality, there's no job growth from subsidies. And that instead, it just means that jobs are shifted around or eliminated entirely as the corporations instead of going, ah yes, we should use this as we were asked, instead go, ah, finally, I don't have to try. And then they fire a bunch of people that need the job to eat. Also, there's the idea that if this corporation goes under, then the economy is motherfucked. Which also isn't true. How do I know this? Like, I don't. But considering that corporations very often try to kill themselves like an unattended toddler, and take the economy with it like an unattended toddler, and it causes economic whoopsies like the 2008 recession, this is probably a myth. Or how there's a belief that you need to subsidize necessary industries since they barely eke out a survival. You know, like the oil barons and defense contractors. The people who are notoriously barely making it every year. And also, if they are barely surviving, maybe it's a sign that those industries are on the edge of death and we need to stop giving them money because we don't need them. And also, people think that this promotes competition, controls inflation, doesn't cause corruption, and also that capitalists and the government should work together. Which, let me break that down for you. No, capitalists and the government shouldn't work together. Ever bad idea have you ever heard of the fucking 1880s also as we've covered this actually stifles competition since massive corporations don't share their space and will actively try to kill competitors in their crib like Voldemort Uh, except it would be like if Voldemort had the backing of Hogwarts the entire time which if that's not fan theory my god it's about to be and also do I really need to run down the other two Printing money doesn't fix inflation, as you've learned in high school economics. And as you've probably learned in high school social studies, giving someone money in exchange for favors in the government or in an organization is called corruption. Okay, but how'd we get here? Well, let's go over to the history section to discuss. Okay, so this time we don't actually have a world history, and that's because as the uh, silly little Americans that we are, we're the ones that have mostly done this throughout history. Well, yeah, subsidizing is like one of the main things governments have done throughout history, most of the time this wasn't to private businesses, since the government still had some control over it. So instead, we're going to be jumping directly into the U.S. timeline. And we begin in 1787, when, after ratifying the Constitution, the Founding Fathers were struck by sudden eldritch fear and their sleep paralysis demons, transmogrified into men named Ezekiel holding a pumpkin. And if your perception of pumpkins has been ruined like mine has, that is very scary. But if not, you might be wondering why. Also, I'm not going to answer why pumpkins are terrifying to me. You can look that up in your own time. Well, because farmers just one year prior had opened open rebellion after their property started getting seized for non-payment of taxes. Mind not paying taxes in a currency that was at the time bas- that was basically less useful than a can of Pringles without a warm sponge in it. But learning their lesson, the Founding Fathers, that would eventually merge together into Daddy Sam, decided that it would probably be a good idea to give farmers handouts to keep them quiet. Particul- particularly, land that was totally unoccupied until they came across it. Definitely, for sure, unoccupied. But despite these efforts, farmers nearly rebelled again, in 1794. Why? Well, because if you know how the U.S. was at the time, it's because the entire government was broke as shit and was selling almost entirely worthless bonds and borrowing money to just barely limp along while also having a standing army to keep rebellion and totally unjustifiably angry Native Americans at bay. So, farmers were getting pissed that the government was borrowing money from them that they couldn't pay back, also known as taxes, so in order to to survive, the U.S. government establishes the National Bank by lashing together all the banks in the U.S. like like BDSM night at the nursing home gone wrong, and, don't think about it, starts to subsidize manufacturers, stop thinking about it, which does help the economy but also puts manufacturers at the highest priority. But if you're going, "Uh uh-oh, you understand the Industrial Revolution in a nutshell. And then by the Civil War era, the government had started to subsidize infrastructure like canals and railroads. Which sounds good and justified and basically what government's supposed to do, right? Sounds like they paid for the projects on public land? Nope. They gave private organizations literally hundreds of miles of land for free to build privatized railroads and canals that they could charge for as a quote-unquote loan. Which, um... I'm not entirely sure if that was ever paid back. And 20 years after this, Grover Cleveland, during his terms, which one was 1885, the other was 1897, uh, vetoes a bill to give farmers drought relief for the, a fucking bonkers, unimaginably expensive sum of... Uh, brace for this, I'm warning you. Make sure you're sitting down and you're wearing your brown pants. $100,000. His reason? Quote, federal aid in such cases encourages the expectation of paternal care on the part of the government and weakens the sturdiness of our national character. unquote And then he follows that up by continuing to suck on corporate cock by giving the rich five million dollars in bonds, which was twenty eight dollars above the market value in that times money. Why? Well because you see Well because you see, silly Rugged individualism only applies to people, not companies. So if you own a company, you can suck on the tea as much as you want, but if you're a poor person, you better fucking pull yourself up by your bootstraps before Grover sticks his long, patriotic middle finger into your prostate. Also, if those, if those pair of quotes and actions put next to each other is not the most fucking American thing I have ever heard, so American it makes me want to vomit red, white, and blue, I don't, I don't know how better to describe America to you. That's our culture. Anyways, but now we're gonna jump forward into the 1930s when uh, ITEP programs begin. And was that? Well, it's I well, ITEP is just an example that I'm using. A lot of these came around in the 1930s, but this one in particular was a program created to give the industrial sector massive tax breaks and exemptions particularly in Baton Rouge, to improve the conditions and infrastructure of Louisiana. And while it was meant to be gone fairly quick, it actu- it's actually still around now. Mostly because they keep lobbying to stay in place. And there's programs like this basically all across the country. Most of them were introduced in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, but speaking of the 40s, after World War II, given that the U.S. was on its hardcore anti commie grind set, we abandon all this shit and just let companies just do whatever. Now, rather, we decide that it was time to sacrifice anything and everything in order to get the upper hand, including becoming no-good filthy commies to kill the no-good filthy commies. Being the U.S. subsidized the defense industry, expanded the debt allowance of the oil and gas industries, revived Chrysler, which had gone out of business, and also forcefully took over Continental Illinois Bank and then sold it to Bank of America to consolidate its banking power. And these are examples of us going off the rails and then denying that trains aren't supposed to be careening uncontrollably through the grass towards the daycare. And given this habit we're developing of anything to keep corporations alive and totally own the commies, Ralph Nader coins the term corporate welfare, and Michael Harrington, in 1962, wrote the book the Other America. As a poverty study of the U.S. In which he uses the quote from Charles Abrams of so Socialism for the rich, capitalism for the poor. So, you know, the people that say that they wish we still lived like it was the 60s, we do. Except for all the good parts. Nine years later, the Emergency Loan Guarantee Act is passed, which allowed the government to give corporations massive loans. Basically just like... Out of nowhere, like, they could just give them money, which is definitely not going to be bad for us in the future. Uh, but now we jump to a post-9-11 world. I mean, like, very soon after 9-11 world, uh, where to keep the airline industry alive and pay for no- for new security measures, uh, the government passes the Air Transportation Safety and Stabilization Act, which allows for them to give airline companies payments up to $10 billion. And this is important, not just because it's a subsidy, but because it creates a precedent where the government can just kind of just give money to corporations without much, if any of an explanation. I mean, sure, uh, for the uh, Emergency Loan Guarantees Act, you had to, like, make up a reason. For this one, you could just do it. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this is definitely not going to have any grave consequences in the future. Speaking of grave consequences of our capitalist greed, uh, 2008. See, in 2008, the subprime mortgage bubble burst. And what was that? Well, bankers on Wall Street were borrowing money to buy property, to intentionally, artificially inflate the price so that they could then sell it for a profit. But here's the issue. They jacked the price up so high they crashed the real estate market, forcing 3.1 million Americans out of their homes as they couldn't make mortgage payments. And these companies were going to go under because, clearly, they were at fault and they kind of deserved it, you know, survival of the fittest. But, big daddy government stepped in and declared that they're, quote-unquote, too big to fail. And prevented them from going under by giving them massive amounts of money. Now, mind, these aren't like mom-and-pop shops or, you know, places that made a genuine mistake. Rather, they're massive, multi-billion dollar organizations that were being fucking greedy and overreaching whose number of employees could fit into a public bus, and whose investments, while massive, weren't and aren't big enough to make the economy worse than it already was. But hey, that's just the... the, But hey, that's just that leftist dog in me. But since then, too too big to fail has become a common excuse for this behavior. But, you know, for more of that, let's go to the current. Okay, so... The section actually isn't going to be super into the uh, specific companies they're receiving subsidies or the day-to-day stuff. And that's for two reasons. One, I don't want my show blowing up to be connected to me being found face-down in a swimming pool. Uh, Two, I really honestly don't give a shit. And why is that? Well, because most of these companies and firms are the ones you'd expect, and also knowing your enemy isn't going to do a whole lot, because most of them are either in charge of almost everything you do, like Nestle, or are so divorced from reality that all they do is suck money from the government. You know, like about like half of banking companies nowadays? So let's talk in generalities and the pressure they put on the economy, both to save my own life and also my sanity. So beginning with how much this costs. So if you took just the fossil fuels industry alone, then you'd save Americans $39 billion over 10 years, revoking their subsidies. Which, I mean, sounds like a lot, right? But, you know, let, let, let's break that down. So if we have about 300 million people in this country, that'd be about $130 per person. Of course, if you then divide that by 10, it's about $13 a year. And the point of that isn't to say that it's cheap for us, so we should keep doing it. Rather, that is a single industry that collects a ton of government money and, is the, and the amount that we'd see back is double digits. And this is for something that doesn't give the average American anything in return. Mind, these are businesses that would supposedly go under if they didn't get this money. You know, oil companies claiming that if they didn't collect $13 from every American, they'd fail. And if you're an American and think that it makes any kind of sense, I don't think you know what oil is. But if you add to that fact that we also subsidize low-wage jobs from companies that can't be fucked to cut into their corporate profits to keep people out of assisted living and off of food stamps, then you can add at least $153 billion per year. Which, broken down for every single American, is about $500 a year. Or $510 a year. Meaning if we force corporations to actually participate in the market that we claim they do instead of subsidizing them, then every American citizen that pays taxes would have 523 additional dollars per year. And if you could really use that money, or would find it nice to have an extra $523 to toss around, then welcome to the Unimaginable Rage Club. Oh, if that wasn't enough, corporate tax breaks account for a lost income for local schools of about $2 billion a year. Now, this isn't total. That would be per fucking state on average. Meaning our national school budget could get an extra 100 billion motherfucking goddamn shit licking, cum guzzling dollars if only we theoretically in Minecraft build guillotines outside of every corporate office of the United God's Goddamn States of Father fucking America. Okay, with the rage is starting to come out a bit. So before it blows the top, let's talk about the benefit. Or supposed benefit. Increased economic performance. And while each state should be monitoring this, since there isn't a. And while each state should be monitoring this, and I would hope so, uh, but they aren't, um, there's not. And there's also not really, like, accessible national measurements because the website to download the PDF from 2012 is suspiciously down. Um, Only Pennsylvania really made theirs easily accessible, so we're going to use theirs. Um, But their measurement period starts in 2008. This is, like, a a study that was done in Pennsylvania. Uh, And their measurement period starts in 2018, which, like, it was a study done in Pennsylvania. So... They placed themselves at 35th in economic performance nationwide and gave corporations $846.6 million. Which I gotta say, already not doing too well. Spending a whole shitload to be at most 15 places ahead of Alabama. Which, being within 20 places of Alabama on anything is embarrassing. And yes, I know, I live in Oregon, the Alabama of the West Coast. Kidding guys, we all know that's Idaho. But anyways, by 2020, they dropped down to 39th in the nation and spent $853.6 million. Which again, holy fuck is that a bad investment. But obviously, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's related. It's not like corporations are sapping the performance out. Just clearly not helping the situation. And that continues into 2022, when they've dropped to 45th in the nation for economic performance, Which I didn't even know was possible because Oklahoma, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Kentucky all exist. But what was their spending? $1.3 billion. I mean, that's the takeaway. This is incredibly expensive and not doing anything for us. While it's not necessarily hurting our national economic performance, it's also not helping. It's just sapping away money from places that could really use it better and disincentivizes corporations to actually try to appeal to a customer base, i.e. us, and instead focus on getting important and powerful people's ears on their payroll. Which is incredibly difficult to stop, because those exact motherfuckers are the ones writing the laws, and goddammit do I want to build a guillotine? A guillotine? A guillotine. I'm so mad I can't talk. But before I do, let's talk about the opinions and solutions. Uh, this week we really only have one solution: as a murder in GTA or Minecraft or whatever the current meta is, to not get the FBI knocking on my door. So either reduce or entirely remove corporate welfare. Because here's the deal: much like homeschooling your child in an echo chamber environment where they don't have any friends or know anybody, sure you're protecting them very well. However, one day there will be a reckoning, and they'll need to do something on their own without your help. And much like a homeschooled adult trying to navigate the workforce workforce for the first time without help, they'll crumble unless you've adequately prepared them for the fucking thing that is life. And in this case, if the government keeps propping up corporations like this, there might be a day where the government can't give them enough money to bail them out. Whether that is a bigger fish or an economic crisis, these corporations need to stand on their own. Or die. And unlike homeschool kids, I won't feel bad if they make a dumb mistake and get double-stuffed by death. Okay, but since we're Americans, we won't get rid of this system. So instead, let's look at alternatives that at the very least will give us some kind of benefit. But to make sure we're on the same playing field, corporate welfare costs us somewhere between $80 and $100 billion per year. So these are options that have different costs. So our first option is to eliminate the capital gains and death taxes. And before you get on my ass about being a filthy fucking leftist that would usually oppose these things, or being a fake leftist because I'm talking about them in a way that isn't negative, you will never benefit from these. Because, let's face it, all of us are going to live our lives struggling at the bottom half of income. But with that existential crisis reaffirmed, what is this? Well, capital gains tax is a tax on the profits of selling something, and a death tax is also called an estate tax, and is basically a tax imposed on someone's post-life clarity before it gets inherited. And this would be a massive help to the ultra-rich, and if we did a big switcheroo, it would only cost us a total of about $75 billion. My phone agrees. And while there wouldn't be any benefit to the little guys directly, if they legit stopped getting subsidies, then companies would be incentivized to, you know, sell things. Second is to reduce corporation taxes to 20%, which would cost $84 billion. And again, no real benefit to us little guys, but at the very least, corporations wouldn't be using the overtaxed excuse anymore because that tax rate is really, really low, all things considered. Related, we could cut personal uh, income tax by 10%, which would put the average person's tax rate at somewhere between 12 and 14%, someone in poverty to essentially 0%, and the and the ultra-wealthy down to 27%, which is a lot of saved money, and this would only cost $79 billion. And, uh, yeah, you heard that, right? The total amount of personal income tax collected is smaller than the government subsidies handed out each year. I fuck me, once you... I fuck me, it makes you want to scream the national anthem at the top of your lungs, doesn't it? Now, we could also establish a 20% flat tax now, we could also establish a 20% flat tax across the board, which I'm less in favor of because, you know, there's poor people I love, but doing this would cost only $60 billion. Or we could do a 4% cut in payroll taxes, which would cost $82 billion, but also benefit everyone. The point being with all these options is that they're cheaper than a straight-up subsidy and also benefits more people, which should kind of be the point, right? Why not according to the government, but, I mean, who gives a fuck about what those wackos have to say? Let's talk to the average person. So, asking people if we should end corporate welfare, 62% of Americans say yes, with, surprisingly, 65% of them identifying as right-leaning and 61% identifying as left-leaning. Which, hey, lefties, I think this goes to show that some people who lean your way aren't necessarily your friends. Remember that. But of the rest, 18% don't know or didn't answer, and 20% said, nah. Now, for context, because I'm sure someone will bring up, you know, cutting government spending as the reason for uh, votes ending up like this, so we're going to look at that too. With 54% of Americans wanting to cut government spending, 74% of them on the right and 40% on the left, while 32% don't want to cut government spending at all. And what does this prove? Well, that 62% of Americans think we either shouldn't be spending the money or should be spending it elsewhere, kind of regardless of what they think of the government spending money in general. And people are also wary of corporate power. 4% of the population thinks that corporations have too little power, with the same percentage for both left and right, and now you know who the next in line on the guillotines are, and 22% saying that they have the right amount, and a whopping 73% of Americans saying they have too much power. And the politics kind of breaks down how you'd expect, with 33% of the people on the right saying the corporations have the right amount of power, but 83% of lefties and 62% of righties believe that they have too much. But surprisingly, even by income brackets, people think corporations have too much power. 72% of the people of less than 30 a year, or 75 plus k 75K plus a year, agree. While people making a hundred k a year actually believe corporations have too much power, one percent more at seventy three percent, and the middle class thirty to seventy five k agrees seventy five percent of the time that corporations have too much power, and corporate profit sixty five percent of Americans say they make too much, and thirty three percent say they make a reasonable amount. Which what? <laughs> uh, but. Besides me being a leftist, uh, what do we what do we learn from all this? Everyone hates this. Everyone is against corporate subsidies and corporate welfare and the only person it helps are executives. And I say person loosely, but before I own a rampage, let me go to the soapbox. All right, now that I've climbed up on here, what do I gotta say? Uh, this makes my leftist heart burn with fucking rage. Like I said, no one likes it. The majority of Americans, regardless of politics, income, or education, hate it. Economists know it's a bad idea. Entrepreneurs and business people hate it, potentially out of jealousy, but I think that's fair. Scientists and journalists know it's bad for the country. So why does it still happen? Because of greed, obviously. People in charge of the country and the people in charge of these corporations don't care about us. They care about money and getting theirs and dying before you're able to realize that they scammed you. And here's the deal, there's no way this is getting fixed by any other method but force. Because neither beneficiary is going to give up the power of money. And if we wait for them to die, they aren't going to do that very fast either, and we'll just end up as brainwashed puppets for the next generation of sociopaths. And we need to take action. But what should that action be? I mean, all, all jokes and venting my rage aside, I don't know. There isn't much we can do. But venting my rage, some guillotines, even as just a symbolic threat, would certainly get the job done. And we don't really even have to mean it. Just enough that the corporate execs and crony politicians fear us. Which I think, in general, the government and corporations should be fucking terrified of the normal person. But are we going to do that? No. Because Americans don't like doing anything. We just want our comforts and we want our treats like Hassan said and if we get that then we don't care what happens but they know that they know if they make us increasingly comfortable sure we'll complain about our rights being taken away but we won't actually try to do anything to stop them until they can take away our comforts only for us to find that all of our needs and all of our rights have already vanished so what do i suggest what's my plan to fix this i'm basically get uncomfortable I'm not saying to go out and kill politicians or anything. Even as a joke, I'm not going to legitimately tell you to do a domestic terrorism. Because that's fucking insane. Also, some of you motherfuckers might be crazy enough to do it. Instead, what I'm telling you to do is tell the powers that be that you know what they're doing. And that you're willing to be crazy if you're pushed. And sure, I mean, guillotines are kind of a meme. But it's a meme that the people in charge watch. Because they know that's only a matter of time until it isn't a joke. So please... Keep making them uncomfortable. Keep peeling yourself away from consumerism. Keep trying to break the cycle. Because there's nothing that's going to be more satisfying than watching the Nepo babies get theirs. Alright, let's go home. Uh, In case I end up dead for opinions expressed here, you'd never catch me anywhere near a swimming pool dead or alive, and I'd never break my arms and then hang myself. Anyways, if you have opinions advice on how to make the show better, defenses of corporate welfare, guillotine designs, and really anything else you want to tell me, make sure to email me at waytatpods at gmail.com. That is W-A-Y-T-A-T-P-O-D-S at gmail.com. Uh, remember to check out my other podcast, Waytat Nerd, where I do basically the same thing with nerd topics like fantasy, sci-fi, role-playing games, etc., where I hope you'll like the topics just as much. And also, remember to follow me on Twitter at waytat underscore pods, and also, look me up on YouTube at Waytapods Pods for more episode announcements and also some uh, older episodes getting re-uploaded. Have a good night. Don't murder. Have fun. And remember, rich people taste better when they're full of cortisol. This has been Why You're Talking About This. I've been your host, William. Good night.